This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're turning our attention to an often overlooked angle in the affordable housing discussion, New Yorkers living in mobile homes. To talk about this broad issue, including a handful of new laws, we're joined remotely by Mike Borges, Executive Director of the Rural Housing Coalition of New York. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks, Dave, for having me. So I mentioned in the introduction that mobile homes uh, usually aren't front of mind when we think about affordable housing and the need for uh, consumer protections. But in reality, these living situations can be precarious, even if someone owns uh, their home outright. Can you explain why there can often be an an affordability issue with mobile homes? Uh, Yes. So first of all, um, we actually in New York State have an abundance of mobile home parks. There are about... 1,800 or so mobile home parks encompassing about 68,000 homes. Uh, so they make about make about uh, 10% of the housing stock in rural communities. So they're a significant source of affordable owner-occupied housing, in particularly in rural communities. And the legislation that the, the governor uh, just recently signed last week helps with preserving their affordability by allowing the residents, the the homeowners of the mobile home parks, to make a an offer when the 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 mobile home park owner decides to sell um, the property to someone else. So basically, it's a first right of refusal when the the current mobile home park owner decides to sell and gives them the opportunity, the residents an opportunity to make an offer to preserve the affordability and to preserve their their residences. Well, and I want to get into the new law, but I really want to hammer home the fact that this is an affordability issue because while people may own their own homes outright, there are variable costs associated with mobile homes. So can you explain what those are and why these living situations can become precarious? Yes, because in a mobile home park, typically you own your own mobile home or your manufactured home, and the mobile home park owner owns the land upon which it rests, and it provides the water and sewer and you know the roads and things like that. So, in some ways, you you own your. It's like you're living in a condominium. Uh, if you're familiar with that setup, you know you you own your own apartment, but the landlord owns the the you know the property owner owns the, everything else outside of your apartment, and so you pay, you know you pay for those uh, amenities. Um, so there are amenities that you have to pay for, like, you know, snow removal and landscaping and things like that and water and sewer. But it's an affordable option because typically these these mobile home park, mobile homes are paid for already. And um, the fees uh, monthly are you know, in, the, in the hundreds of dollars. So again, trying to find something like that in an apartment these days is, is as an alternative is, is very expensive. So um, they, they provide, again, a very affordable mechanism for people to own their own homes and the state and other organizations need to do more to preserve them as they are. Well, what we've heard from mobile home owners, as well as some state lawmakers, is that the people who own these properties have arbitrarily, in some cases, increased uh, their property rents or their fees uh, beyond what their ordinary cost of business might be, and as a result, made these living situations untenable for some people. And since 2019, state policymakers have adopted a variety of laws meant to make it easier for New Yorkers to stay in their mobile homes, including some bills uh, addressing uh, how much rent can go up uh, in certain situations. 
Are any of the changes in recent years ones that you think have had a meaningful impact on, on people living in trailer parks, or have they been written in such a way with such glaring holes that uh, they have not had a significant impact in terms of consumer protections? Well, the Housing Stability and Tenant Act of 2019 was a major step forward because it included mobile home, mobile home parks uh, in the tenant protection that was afforded to people who lived in apartments. So they now fall under that protection. So that was a huge step forward for extending tenant protections to the to the residents of mobile home parks. It also, you know, started the whole process for for first right of refusal. So the 2019 law allowed the mobile home residents to make an offer to purchase the property when there was a change of use, only when there was a change of use. The new law that the governor just signed uh, extends that to just a change of ownership. So it broadens the, the trigger that allows the residents of mobile home parks to, to make an offer. But again, there's no real enforcement mechanism. And the also the, the time period upon which residents have to act uh, is very limited. And it doesn't allow the mobile home park residents to assign the purchase process to a, like a nonprofit who has the, you know, the attorneys and the accountants and all the mechanisms in place to, to purchase the property and preserve it as affordability. So the, the law that the governor just signed is a step in the right direction, as I said. But, you know, there's some tweaks that need to be made to make it more workable, more enforceable, and easier to, to implement. And again, we talk about, you know, building new homes and, and the housing crisis. And we also need to talk about preserving the homes that we do have. And again, that mobile home parks, mobile homes in particular, are a great source of affordable owner-occupied housing in rural communities. And more needs to be done to, to preserve them. Well, before we move on, let me reintroduce you for listeners just joining us. Uh, you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're speaking with Mike Borges, Executive Director of the Rural Housing Coalition of New York. You mentioned the idea of a nonprofit coming together to purchase uh, the site of mobile homes. Has that model been in place in New York? Are there nonprofits that are interested and are pursuing that avenue, or would the residents need to set up that sort of nonprofit on their own in each individual situation? There are a select few cases where nonprofits, nonprofit housing organizations have purchased a mobile home park uh, to preserve their affordability. Uh, they're in the beginning stages or early stages. It's only been a year or two since that has happened. And so we'll, you know, we'll see how that works out, but they are better suited to preserving um, these mobile home parks as affordable housing, because that's what they do. These nonprofit housing organizations, particularly rural preservation companies that are funded by the state and get grants from the state and federal government to build, rehab, repair housing, they're they're probably better suited um, as an option for preserving these mobile home parks as affordable uh, options for for folks. And so I think we need to do more to foster that kind of um, development. Again, as, as I mentioned, there's only like about four or five million dollars in the state budget to uh, replace dilapidated mobile homes. We need to do more. Uh, we need more funding to replace. A lot of these homes are 30, 40 years old, and yeah, they don't last as long as a regular home. So we need to do more to preserve that housing stock. And there's, there needs to be more money to acquire these mobile home parks from the owners. Um, so there's there's some state financing for that. Again, only $5 million. That doesn't go very far. So um, again, the state needs to invest more resources into preserving the housing stock that we do have, because we're not going to be able to build ourselves out of this housing crisis 
Uh, I think we need to do more to preserve the the housing stock that we do have and re kind of utilize it better uh, and as well as build. But I don't think we're going to be able to build our way out of the housing shortage. Well, coming back to the idea of financing, uh, the governor also signed a bill dealing with the actual financing of modular and manufactured housing. What's the change there? You know, mobile homes were considered sort of personal property, um, sort of like a buying a car. Um, and the governor signed another bill uh, that allows uh, Sony May, uh, you know, the state's uh, financing arm for housing, to change the way that they are financed from personal property to homeowners, home property, basically like buying a house. So um, it makes it easier to do. Um, you can, you know, it makes it easier to finance makes it easier for banks to participate in, uh, in lending. Um, so it's, again, it's an, another small step in the right direction to making um, mobile home purchasing easier and uh, cheaper in the long run. And so again, we, we applaud the governor for signing that bill as well as the one uh, for first right of refusal. And uh, you know we're glad that there's further scrutiny and further attention on the needs of mobile home park owners uh, and residents, and uh, we need we just need to do more. Are you interested in the upcoming session with revisiting the caps on what the property owners can charge to mobile home residents? Um, it, they are limited to the according to the Housing Stability and Tenant Act of 2019. They are treated like just like apartments, so um, they are limited to three percent increases. Um, you know what we're concerned is is that they sometimes evade the law by, you know, saying we're doing this improvement or that improvement and then not being able to justify the increases and displacing people because they can't afford um, the new the new fees and charges that are like the homeowners association charges that are imposed upon them. So I think better enforcement of existing laws um, would be the probably a step in the right direction. You know, for example, right. So up until 2019, uh, housing, the uh, state's uh, housing and community renewal agency was the one that sort of kept track and licensed mobile home parks. Uh, they had a mobile home park owners had to register their parks with housing and community renewal. Uh, and then in 2020, it got transferred to tax and finance. And between 2019 and 2023, today, um, according to the latest figures, we, we went from 1,800 mobile home parks to 1,200. <laughs> So I don't think we've lost about you know 600 mobile home parks in the last three years, but something's not right. And so I think again, tax and finance uh, either needs to do a better job of making sure that these mobile home park owners are registering their you know their properties um, with the state, or give back that responsibility to HCR, which you know has a better understanding and has financing available to help mobile home park owners and residents. So um, I think collections of the information is necessary to making good decision-making. So I think we need to do a better job of, of enforcing the current laws before we start enforcing or you know proposing some new ones. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Mike Borges. He's the executive director of the Rural Housing Coalition of New York. Mike, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me, Dave. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show.
Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.